Welcome to the If Anyone Cares podcast. Not sure what episode this is. I think it's 17. I think we made it 17. But I am live from a very large building. At least the biggest building I've ever recorded in. With a man who runs this building. His name is Jordan Sermon. He graduated from Louisiana Tech with a bachelor's degree in mathematical science and then a master's degree from McNeese State University. He's the smartest guy I know. Jordan, thank you for yeah. coming on. I, I know it definitely feels like a big building in here, but it's also a very empty building right now. Yeah, everything's moved out of the way. Like, like I said, he, he runs it, so he's cleaning everything right now. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting cleaned up because this is a uh, student center for the campus here, and so... They're off on break, so we are off on break. <laughs> so I'm in the process of doing a deep cleanse of all the goodies that are within this building. So you got put in charge of this building. Um, when do you when do you start like actually running it? When did I start running it? <laughs> well, um, the the previous uh, proprietor, I guess, in the best way to describe it, yeah, the, the previous guy in charge uh, actually resigned from his position. Uh, at the church where we're employed uh, this summer. And so I kind of took over by default, I guess, uh, in the fall of this year. Uh, before, we had a lot of the staff members from the church that were also coming in and running the front counter. And so I just told them to just not worry about us all switching places every day, and I would just take care of it and also figure out what else to do with whatever it took to run it. So it's been kind of a learning process this semester, but by the end of it, I didn't feel like I was drowning every day, which is it's pretty nice. So an adjustment. Yes. <laughs> it was an very, adjustment very process. Very much an adjustment. Which is not, um, it, it's how your life has gone pretty much. Just big adjustment after big adjustment. Yeah, probably so. Born in Houston. I was born in Houston, You Texas. grew up here, though. I grew up in Lake Charles. We moved here in 93 I, when I was one. I forget. You go to Houston with me all the time. I'm like, this is my city. This is, this is my home. <laughs> it's my homeland. Uh, yeah, I was born at uh, Herman Memorial Hospital right across from the zoo. And it's my brother's, like, standing joke that I'm actually a monkey. <laughs> and then they got mixed up with a monkey baby from the zoo. So I don't think there's any truth to that statement, but that's what I've always been told my entire life. Yeah, evolution's not a thing. No, I exists. might be the missing link. Who knows? You might be. I might. <laughs> but um, born in Houston, grew up here. When do you like? When do your parents move you here? Uh, in '93. So I was one, and uh, my dad took a position here at the church, and so uh, I moved from Houston with my family to Lake Charles, and we lived in the church for about I think six years. In the back of the church. But, oh, so you're like that kind of yeah, creature. Lived like, in the back of the church. Well, like we lived in the church, and uh, my bedroom, my brother, my brother and I, our bedroom was also a Sunday school. And so every morning we had to, every Sunday morning we had to get up before the Sunday school teachers did to clear out so that they could have the space. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting uh, situation we had in our house. But uh, we soon after we moved out of there and moved into a place in South Lake Charles that we lived until we moved again. So, out of state. Out of state. That time. So, um, you, so you lived here for a majority of your childhood. Yeah, I was 14 when we moved. 14 when you moved. So, 13 you, years. You didn't just move, like, cities in the state. You didn't just move a state. Of, you moved to Montana. Yeah, I moved to Billings, Montana, <laughs> which... It's far away. Billings is 1,800 miles. Yeah, I think it's 1,782, I think is what it is, technically. Close to 1,800 miles, about 25, 26-hour drive. Or at least two planes, possibly three, usually to get from here to there. Um, and it was quite the adjustment. Billings, Montana is bigger than Lake Charles, so that was kind of an interesting thing. 
uh, and there was a lot of things to adjust to there. Some great things, like it's pretty nice to adjust to no sales tax. That's always a highlight. <laughs> so, you know, you, if you went to McDonald's and wanted to get like a dollar sweet tea, you gave them a dollar bill and it was it. That's it. End of transaction. But also I had to adjust to shoveling snow and just being in the snow. It's, it's, it's funny for me looking back on the, the, the snowy times there because uh, the first winter I was there, I was in school. I was a sophomore in high school. And it started snowing. The first day I saw it snow, I asked to go to the restroom. And my friends all laughed at me because they could see me outside the windows. And I was dancing in the snow in the parking lot because I was so excited to be in snow. Because even though I grew up in Lake Charles, uh, I had a grandfather who lived in Wyoming. So we were accustomed to the snow. So we went skiing and stuff. So I loved the snow as a vacationer, as a tourist. (laughs) And then I experienced what it was like to live in the snow. And that was not as pleasant. Um because for me i've lived here my entire life i've only seen it snow once and that was last year it had like a six inch oh, and snow that's, and that's not it was even, it was nothing no um but my, it was it was like <laughs> actual snow you can pack together and throw snowballs at one another we well, hadn't we had one when i was eight it was just like heavy frost yeah to, to give you some perspective so snow in montana because the, the climate is so dry i already have dry skin the climate's so dry there that your nose will bleed in the mornings um and you just feel like all of the energies out of your body. So with the snow being that dry, um, the texture of it's almost like maybe Splenda. So it's like this really fine grain. So uh, you actually can't usually pack snowballs with it because you need a little bit of moisture too. And so to pack snowballs, you actually have to take your gloves off to get some warmth going to melt the snow enough to pack it. And then your hands are freezing. And so the snowball fights were usually like two, three snowballs thrown total snowball fights um and it, actually my senior year of high school uh we had snow on the ground for like a record breaking like 97 days straight which is awful <laughs> like how annoying did that get like oh, it was I, terrible. I, at what point did it get annoying okay, okay so the most annoying thing was um the parking lot at our school was gravel so it's not <laughs> like they could plow it so I had a 1996 green Honda Accord that would roughly go six miles before it overheat. And I lived a mile from the school, so that wasn't that bad. But it had no heat, had no air. And um, whenever I would drive and park in the parking lot, they always thought it was funny, my friends, because sometimes we had to get like a group of us going to push it out because it would get in those snow banks where I'd park, and then there was no way to get it out. Well, one weekend when I was playing football, I decided not to ride the van back with my teammates and ride back with my family. And my fellow teammates thought it would be hilarious to bury my car in snow. So they encased my car in about a foot and a half of snow all the way around it, which was funny, I guess, for them. And they drew out the window, so it still looked like a car. It just looked like a snow-shaped car, like, I guess, snow-covered car. And uh, they they carved out the windows and everything. The principal at the school got upset and made them take the snow off the top because he was worried about my roof caving in my car. <laughs> That's how bad this was. Well, when I got back, no one was at the school when we finally got home, so I had to try to get my car out. Well, pulling all that snow off of it, now I've got three, four-foot piles of snow around all the doors. So I had to climb in through the window, and then uh, once I get into the vehicle trying to get it out, I had to, like, push my feet off the ground and try to get the car just moving over the snow, and it barely could. So finally I got the car out, but that was probably the worst part was just driving in it. Um 
I remember senior year also getting called out of our first hour class. Principal just came. It was a pretty small school. I graduated with 11 people. But the principal came in and was like, I need all the guys to come with me. Uh, we got a situation in the front of the school. So I was like, situation. <laughs> all right. So it was a big snow situation. day. Uh, we go outside. And one of the girls had tried to turn into the parking lot and did not stop. I guess she just hit the brakes and started to slide and just panicked. So she was in the ditch. And it took, like, I guess it was nine or ten of us guys to lift that car out of the ditch and put it back on the road. But it had completely frozen over the entire street. So you just you learned in Montana that, like, if you're approaching a red light, um, you just stop really early and you pump your brakes that was one, or you shift down. You just had to figure out some way to stop. But my brother and I slid through so many red lights. Just We would be driving, light would turn yellow, and my brother hit the brakes. Oh, no, we're going through this one. And then we would just slide through the entire intersection. There's no way to stop. Um, because in Montana, they actually don't salt the roads. So they do it in other places, but in Montana, they don't salt the roads. So it's just snow on the ground all the time. <laughs> it's just not, different. This I, is not where I thought we were going to go with this. No, I mean, Louisiana <laughs> is water. Like, we got to worry about flooding. Like, me me riding to, uh, to work every day, we've got some of these lower sitting roads. But uh, up there, it's snow I got to worry about. So it's not as much the rain or uh the flooding that i have to worry about it's the fact that i could get stuck in some kind of snow pile and then die from exposure from the cold frostbite yeah i could (laughs) i could easily just die like at least with the flooding like you're just gonna get sick and tired of the water but you can find some high ground but there it's like you get stuck and you perish well i mean in, in fairness you can drown here yeah but like most of us know how to swim here like that's not a rare thing like we i mean i I've known how to swim since I was like three or four. No, I'm just saying there's still a possibility you might die. Yeah, I mean, but it's different. It's different. <laughs> just trust me. It's there's a little bit more um, fear, I guess, to it whenever you are in the snow and it's ten below zero, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I have 15 minutes before frostbite <laughs> sets in on any of my things that are exposed." Um, so it's just, it's just an adju- it was an adjustment. It was very different. It was also different because the people there are just. I don't, they're not rude. They're very kind people there. I always say, like, the service industry there has us beat out crazy. And I always joke that Southern hospitality is a thing, yes, but it's not, like, a real thing. Like, I feel like the the South is single-handedly carrying the whole passive-aggressive train by itself. <laughs> like, I feel like Southerners, more than anyone, are really good at being passive-aggressive. And they're just, oh, yeah, yeah, sweet, nice. But they're really, like, they don't care at all about you. Yeah. But it's just they're nice to your face. Up in Montana, like, they'll just tell you how they feel about you. <laughs> and it might be good, it might be bad, but they're honest. They're straight, direct to your face. That's what you want, though. That's yeah. what you want. Oh, I, I, I love dealing with my friends in Montana because they were – I knew exactly where I stood with them all the time. They were great people. I mean, I, I, I miss a lot of my friends up there dearly. It was a tough thing moving back down to the south. Um but it was an adjustment for sure. Like, I grew up going to spend the night at my friend's house, and that was just going to spend the night at their house. And when I moved to Montana, I invited somebody over to spend the night, and they were like, you mean like a slumber party? <laughs> and I was like, no, not necessarily a slumber party. Just, like, come sleep in my home where I also am going to sleep, and we'll hang out all night and play video games, and then tomorrow we'll bring you home. And they were like, I, that's weird i've never done that before so like that people people typically didn't invite you into their home very quickly like uh in the south down here of course we got like 
I, I've gone over to so many people's houses here that I barely know, <laughs> and people have come into my house that I don't really know that well. But that's just kind of the culture up there. I remember being invited over to dinner with some people, and I felt like I had achieved something. Like it was, it was a huge honor to be invited into their home. It's just kind of a different culture. There's not. I don't think there's one better than the other. It's just, man, for a 14 year old to adjust to that, uh, it was rough. And and I had the whole issue of we moved in the summer of 2007. I was 14. My brother's four years older than me, but we hadn't attended school yet, and the church didn't really have a lot of young people. So my brother and I would play ping pong in the basement every day <laughs> by ourselves. We lived we lived three blocks from the church, so we would literally play ping pong by ourselves for about two months. And we got good at ping pong, but, I mean, we didn't really have friends yet. And then I think that's my brother. My brother still this day hates Montana, I think, in a lot of ways, and I think part of it is there wasn't a lot of people his age, so he didn't really have anybody to connect to, and I got to go to school and make friends, and he just didn't, so he was just still the outsider, I guess. He still didn't have anybody. So, so you, you said you were 14. I was 14, yes. You are 14. You moved there. The, the adjustment period, the, the, mental, uh, the mental aspect of a 14-year-old moving from Louisiana to Montana, how, how did that go? Like, what oh, was that and, like? And, I mean, you're, you're, you've met in the time that we've been friends, you've met a very different Jordan. And at that time, I'm 14. I'm one of the more socially awkward people my age. I agree. Um, no, I mean <laughs> then I was. I'm, I feel like I'm, I at least feel confident in myself now. Then, then I was really going, my brother is the life of the party. He's a social butterfly, for lack of a better term. But I would just kind of follow him around. Like I grew up going to church camp and would just, hang out with my brother's friends like I was always hanging out with people older than me it was never my age group then I moved to Montana and my brother's not with me at school I have to make friends of my own I didn't really I wasn't really the most adept socially with making friends in new areas even though when I lived in Lake Charles I went from an elementary school here in Lake Charles to a middle school that none of my friends actually went to except for maybe one person from my school so I already had to kind of restart before and then whenever I went to my freshman year of high school here in Lake Charles I went to a private school so again restart so I'd already kind of experienced going to a new school but I'm still really bad at it like I, I was the worst you don't really at, get good at that though that's not one like, of the things I you feel, get good I feel at. like I have now like I feel like in a new environment making new friends moving across the, the state at least right now I've done a good job making my own spot but at that time when you're awkward and like 13 or 14 and you're just kind of discovering who you are. And I'd kind of fully embraced that I was going to be a nerd and I didn't care if it was going to be cool or not, which it's cool now because nerd is in. And I love it because now I can openly talk about enjoying video games like Pokemon that I've been a fan of since 1997. <laughs> but I, I, it's just like it's, it's cool to be a nerd now. Like I enjoyed comic books and collected comic books as a kid. Like that's the big popular movies now. And so, like, people will ask me what I thought about the representation of characters. And so it's just – it's different. I, I, that has helped me, I think, tremendously is that nerd has made its way back. And uh, we are fully embraced by all of pop culture, it feels like. This is peak Jordan Sermon Dude, right now. yes. I mean, that's what I am. Peak Jordan Sermon. I can – I mean, I, I got a Nintendo Switch and bought Let's Go Eevee because I couldn't help it. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's become that where I've embraced full nerd and, uh, you know, the fact that I I run the student center and we, we work with college age kids. I get to kind of tell them, Hey, embrace your weird because this is the time to do it. I mean, you, you thought in high school that you were really weird and it's because you were in like a small subset of society. But then when you get out in the real world, 
there's a lot of people that have the same interests in you that are also super weird and you can make friends with them and then also there's the whole I feel like when you're in high school you're around a bunch of people the same age as you and you don't really have friends that much older or younger it's usually two or three years but like for me now I'm 26 I think yes 26 yeah, 26 26 and, I remind you of that very often yeah and I have friends that are 17 18 not I mean they're, they're it's more of a mentorship relationship but I have, I have friends that are younger but then I have friends that are like my dad's age that are actually my friends that I'm close to that like I it's not like a, a mentorship relationship all the way there like I get advice from them but it really is like a friendship with somebody that could be my dad and that's <laughs> That's odd, but that's, <laughs> yeah, I feel strange. like that's that's probably one of the coolest things about adulthood is that age kind of becomes a yeah, – it's just a construct. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. People my age are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> people my age are stupid. People so. older than you are also dumb. Like that's just – I feel like people are dumb, but specifically young people I think are some of the most confident in not knowing a whole lot. Like they – I say confident. They're confident they know a lot and they know very little. <laughs> I was talking about that yesterday. Of there's some people I work with that they think they got it all figured out, and I'm like, they have no idea what the real world's like. So I've tried to make friends with people like you, like 26 years old, uh, a guy who just started his own business. He's 28, 29. Um, people in my industry that are like 35. Like I, I've I've gone down the road with these people. Like okay, now that we we can have open conversations about life and everything, I can try to gain experience from you, and I can give you perspective as a as a younger individual. So, that's kind of where we're at, like, I think you and me. Because you give me perspective, like, you're, like, married, and you, you're you an adult. Yep. College graduate, two different colleges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think I can give you a little bit more of growing up in these times as opposed to, you know, the 90s or Oh, whatever. man, yeah. Because, like, we're, look, when you were 18 years old, I'm not sure you're doing, like, you, you have the capability of doing what I'm doing right now. No. With a microphone, a laptop, and an iPad sitting right here. Well, I mean, maybe not technology, but the idea of a podcast. Like, what is a podcast? Well, I I just remember downloading podcasts on my iPod video (laughs) and it being, like, my favorite bands. But it was never something that, like, felt attainable at that time. Like, even on top of that, I I didn't have – like, the technology definitely wasn't there. Like, I always tell our students whenever I was going into college, they didn't have Wi-Fi at my school. We had Ethernet ports everywhere, and you plugged into the wall. And some people, that's so foreign, but, like, that was I was high school for me. We didn't have Wi-Fi at my school. If you wanted to get on the Internet, you had to get special access to it, but it wasn't readily available to everybody. In the same way, in Montana, they were one of the last states to get iPhones. So I had an iPhone the end of my senior year, and it was the 3GS, and it was, like, a big deal that yeah. we finally got iPhones. But But people here, like, I mean, people I work with now, like, they don't remember a time before smartphones. But I remember getting in trouble for accidentally clicking the Internet button on my phone and panicking, absolutely panicking, because <laughs> it was going to charge my mom like 30 bucks. Yeah. And that's just – it's just diff- – it's a different world. <laughs> and, and I love the way that it's changed and things have been readily available. But I also feel like sometimes uh, the wealth of knowledge that's at our fingertips can kind of hurt us sometimes. Because we're really bad about fact-checking everybody, and we don't just listen to people's stories sometimes. Right. Because, like, my, my grandfather's an amazing storyteller. And I love to lit and sit and listen to him, but I've, I've been around people that just fact-check him on everything that he does. And it drives me nuts. Like, dude, we know that there's not a rattlesnake migration. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's funny to hear him talk about it as if it is. Like it's right, still that's the interesting. best part of storytelling. It's yes. when something doesn't fit your narrative, you kind of bend it a little bit. You're like, yeah, I mean, I could make this more interesting <laughs> right. if I tell it this way. I've done that plenty of times on this very podcast yeah, about it, making things a little bit more interesting. Make it entertaining. These are, I mean, they're just true stories you make up. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's 85% true. 85%. You add the interesting detail. I mean, it's it's always funny when you watch one of those based on a true story movies, <laughs> and then you look it up online and, like, the, the reception of it, and people are like, that's definitely not how it went. <laughs> right. like, I, I had to write a paper on John Nash, which is the, the mathematician from Beautiful, A Beautiful Mind, and some of the stuff that they just omitted from the story were pretty important, <laughs> but, like, didn't fit what the story they were telling and it would just, it would have been true, but like it didn't really fit into what they were talking about. My favorite thing that John Green said is like when when nonfiction doesn't fit my narrative, I, I'm inclined to ignore it. Hmm. And that's you know he's a fiction writer, obviously, but yeah. I think that goes with storytelling as well. You ignore maybe the details that aren't as important, and you focus one on the ones that are, and you romanticize it. Because that's what I do. I romanticize the details of a story to make it interesting for a podcast. Well, and I think, I think what's cool about like with you writing in sports is that there's a lot of storylines in sports and it's up to you to find them. Oh yeah. There's tons of them out there and it's so easy to just follow one, but everyone's going to follow that main one. So you try to find the underlining thing that people are still going to care about that maybe not the biggest name or maybe not the biggest story in sports that day. Yeah. I, I pretty key example of that. And I mean, this is going into American football of, uh, I remember the Super Bowl between the Broncos and the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. And going into that, you had Richard Sherman go off about um, how Crabtree, really? Yeah, Aaron Andrews. Uh, yeah, it was Aaron Andrews with yes. Fox. Yeah. Go, goes off about, you're going to put Crabtree on me and does this whole thing. Well, then that makes the narrative at that point that it's Peyton Manning versus the Seattle defense. And really, I still think that Richard Sherman, I, I believe, is an incredibly intelligent individual. And I think he knew the best success they were going to have would be the best chance of success would be to take some of the pressure off of their young quarterback. Because Russell Wilson, I think, is in his second or third year at that point. Yeah. So Roughly. Second, third year. Yeah. yeah so they, what he does is he takes all the pressure off of Russell Wilson, where nobody's talking about there's this young quarterback that has no experience at that level. That He's, he's been a gunslinger. He's looked really good. But he, he doesn't have experience in this thing. He doesn't have a lot of really star receivers. There were some great guys playing then, but it wasn't like he was throwing the ball to Randy Moss or something like that. Uh, but he takes all the pressure off of Russell Wilson, and then when they get to that Super Bowl, Russell looks calm, confident. I mean, the defense kind of takes over that game, cause even from the first snap. First just, snap was a safety. Yeah, it looks bad to start, but it. I think a lot of it, um, it was him helping out his teammate and saying, I mean, I can look like an idiot and look like a fool, and people will be mad about it and, and you know, call me a thug or whatever, but I don't care because we're in this to win the game, and I'm going to do whatever I can. Because I remember looking at it of guy had a – he was a communications major. Like, he knew Three, exactly what he was doing. 3.98 GPA from Stanford. Which is insane. Stanford, I think, is still ranked as one of the hardest institutions to get into because of how many people they turn away. Right. Like, it's insane. It's a hard school to get into. Percentages are wild. They're ridiculous. But, I mean, that guy got in. He was also very successful. He's also very, very good at place. He's also very good at football. That's why yes. I got into. I mean, that's that's also a big deal. But incredibly intelligent. Which yeah, he did well. He was meant to go there regardless of whether he played football or not. Yeah, I mean, I think he went to school. He's from Compton, 
Yeah. So, like, he was the first, I, I believe, I don't, I don't know the facts on the top of my head, but I believe he was one Fact of the first check. graduates of Compton to get into Stanford. Like, it was a huge deal that he got in, and the fact that he was that successful and then got to continue on in the NFL. Like, he's an incredibly intelligent guy. I didn't mean this to be a Richard Sherman podcast, but <laughs> I've always respected that, that I think that sometimes we forget that they also are trying to do something, like athletes. Right. And they have an agenda as well, and sometimes they can twist some things. Like, people got so upset with Marshawn Lynch not talking to the media but that was kind of his persona that he had. Like, the, from the stuff they've talked about, he's an incredibly nice guy. Just was, he was a great guy. He yeah, wasn't about great. it at all. <laughs> no, he hated talk, it. Didn't want to talk to reporters. <laughs> hey, that's that's okay, I guess. Yeah. It makes my job incredibly difficult. Yeah. You ever got like that, though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, wow. Richard Sherman for, like. Richard Sherman. For, <laughs> for like, like, five minutes. For five minutes. <laughs> I, I, we'll, tag, I, we'll tag him. Maybe we'll retweet it. Maybe yeah. we'll get some pub off of it. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, I think Richard Sherman uh, definitely gets a bad rap sometimes and doesn't deserve everything that he gets I call I mean, out about. he did go to the rival of Seattle. Hey, that's, that's the business, man. I, it is the business. That's the business. Still, that's I still remember that I, I still hurt with the Cleveland Browns because Jamal Lewis was my favorite running back growing up as a Ravens fan, and when he left to go to Cleveland, it broke my little heart. Okay, well, okay, you can't be mad. You literally took Cleveland's football team away from them. <laughs> I can be mad, Riley. You That's literally part took of the whole football can, team away from Cleveland. I can be mad, all right? I can be as mad as I want to be. That happened before my time. Well, roughly before my time. It was right around the time that I was born, about four years after. But still, like, I, I could be mad. Jamal Lewis was a amazing talent, and to lose him was painful for me as a kid. I haven't had that yet, I don't think. I mean, Chris Paul getting traded to the Clippers, I cried. That was pretty terrible. I cried. Now he's dead to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and you and you get that way. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's whatever. He didn't play for me anymore. We've moved on. We we sucked forever. We got Anthony Davis. But it's the same way. Like, if a team – if a guy came over for – he's one of the guys you respect that ends up playing for your team, you would like him then. Oh, it would be great. Like, but... if the if the Ravens down, like if Antonio Brown hit the free agency market and we got him, I'd be like, I love Antonio Brown. <laughs> I absolutely adore the guy. He buys AB84 jersey immediately. Yeah, I would, I would definitely have it if he was a Raven, but not not at the time. So the guys that have gone to the Bengals, dead to me. Yeah, yeah it's just, the Bengals. It still, it still hurts, division teams. I feel like that's America's graveyard, Cincinnati. I think the Bengals are so bad it every always, year. It always cracks me up to see like how chippy it gets, uh, Steelers-Bengals, and people are like, man, that's just a lot of fierce – Stuff in this rivalry, like no, it's because there's a bunch of ex-cons on the field playing for Cincinnati. Like there's some some rough guys that have gone through there, they've played, and they have obviously have some issues, and they yeah. take it out on the field. Fair enough, fair enough. Which not to bash the Cincinnati franchise. I mean, you kind of did. I mean, I, I respect. I, we both it. did. One one thing that I do love about the Cincinnati franchise is they've been very faithful to Marvin Lewis in times that I would not have been, and he might be the He's end been here there for 16 years. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> he's been they, there my entire life. They gave him a really long leash and. Hey, props to them because other guys are getting fired in their first season, like halfway through. And some teams might need to think about it looking at you, Oakland, even though you owe John Gruden a ton of money. There's a website you showed me. Yeah, it's GrudenGoneYet.com. <laughs> Check it out. That's is, my favorite website. It's GrudenGoneYet.com. They have a ticker that lets you know how much money he's made. How since much, you've been on that site. How, yeah, since you've been on, how much money he's made total and how much money he is still yet to make. And how much time he has left on his contract. Yeah, it tells you how many days, how many minutes. Seconds. Seconds. They, they got it all figured out. And th- somebody made that that's been very upset about this season. <laughs> and I get it. Like, 
I, it's, I wanna, just, it's, I it's still funny to me, though, because it's not like the Raiders have had recent success, really. Other than two years ago, they looked good. But like yeah, Derek Carr is like second year or whatever. My poor brother is a Green Bay Packers fan, and the other day uh, my parents came back. They went, went on a, a vacation to Israel, and they came back with this Green Bay Packers shirt that has some Hebrew writing under it. And my brother told me that the Hebrew writing stood for, well, there's always next year. Because <laughs> he's just kind of – he's hurting. My, my poor brother is hurting terribly because – He's watched the rise of the Bears this year, too, and that hurts him more than anything. So I, I like the Bears a lot, though. I have a hard time liking the Bears. I like the Bears just to make my brother mad. Like My, my goal is to one day convince my niece to be a Bears fan, <laughs> which when she was little, uh, my brother would ask her what her favorite team was, and she would usually say Packers, but at one point we convinced her to start saying Bears, and now she does it out of spite, <laughs> and I love that. She's like, who's your favorite team, Reese?" bears and then she'll run away knowing her dad will get mad at her i love it um but i just like chicago because club dub you ever seen that Mm-mm. their locker room turns into a nightclub the lights go out the music starts playing that's they why like, you like them <laughs> yeah i think it's a really cool gimmick their head coach is young that's a young team they have a lot going on for them i mean why not mitch trubisky mitch trubisky and khalil mack oh khalil mack It's two stars on their team that are really young. Also, one of my issues with the Oakland Raiders franchise is... You know they need a pass rusher. That's what John Gruden said after he traded them. Of course he said that because they lost arguably the best one in the league. Unreal, that guy. Remember that that tear he was on the first, like, five games? He had five sacks in one game. Like, wow, way to go, John Gruden. Maybe you did win a Super Bowl with Dungey's players. (laughs) Well, and that's that, and that's my thing too. Yeah. I like Tony Dungy a lot, and that's why I still don't like Gruden. But that's, I mean, people can be wrong, so that's fine. You <laughs> that's, can, that's you his can, thing. That's his yeah, thing. Yeah, you can be wrong. That's your right to be wrong. But that's that's you should put that in your bio. I should put that in my bio. You you have the right to be wrong. You have the right to be wrong. That's usually my end of my argument. Is I feel like we're not going anywhere and can't convince you otherwise. I will tell you, you have the right to be wrong. You do. That's your, that's your American right to be wrong in this moment. You have the freedom of speech, yes, but you have the right to use that speech to be wrong. <laughs> that's my favorite think. Jordan sermon quote yeah. of all time. Jordan, I feel like we got derailed a little bit. Yeah. We were the, gonna, what were we supposed to talk about? <laughs> talk about, like, life advice. Life advice. Okay, so let's get back to that. Because my whole goal is, like, I want to talk about your adjustments. You've gone through so much in your life, like, having to adjust each situation, that, uh, like, the, the aftermath of it. Okay. And then... We started talking about Richard Sherman. Yeah. And then we ended up at the Hebrew Packers. Hebrew Packers. Yeah, which is still one of my favorite things my brother's ever said. And don't tell – I don't want him to hear this. <laughs> this is going on the internet. I don't care. It, it, I just don't want him to know. I'm not going to tell him that there's this, this thing's online. I will tell his wife and I won't tell him. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I don't want him to hear this. It's, I, going, it's, on, it's going on iTunes. I, he'll find out, but I will. Um, I'll send it to him. I think – so adjustment to new situations. To, so, to like, big... if it – say, like, I'm going to move out next couple of years. Okay. Like, I'll graduate college in 2021. I'm, I'm probably going to get a, a job that takes me either to Lafayette or Houston, like somewhere where I'm not able to live at home every day. What is your advice to someone that is going through the adjustment of having to leave home, especially since we're all college-age kids, is, is what you run here as a college student center? Yeah. What, what's your advice to people making that the, probably one of the biggest leaps of your life moving out? 
Yeah, I think I, I mean I I I had to move at a young age at fourteen across the country, and then what I don't always talk too much about is then I chose to move back to Louisiana, but not to the same area when I graduated high school. So I moved at seventeen to Ruston to go to school at Louisiana Tech, and I didn't know anybody in Ruston really. I, I knew some friends of friends that I didn't know too well that ended up being great friends. But I, I didn't really have a whole lot of connections there. And my whole thing was I wanted to build a name for myself outside of my family. Because my dad had a very good reputation here. Like, Charles, I didn't want to come back here and just be handed things or even feel like I was being handed things. So I wanted to start over. And uh, my advice to somebody moving off somewhere new is, one, to take it one day at a time. So I think my, my mom is probably uh, famous for saying this, and I always throw it back in her face when I can when I have a chance. But she used to always tell me, Jordan, how do you eat an elephant? And I would just, one bite at a time, Mom. <laughs> you got to eat an elephant one bite at a time. So even when it's some daunting thing and it feels like everything's against you, you can only take it one day at a time. Uh, I feel like in my time in graduate school, I ended up graduating with a much better GPA than I did undergrad. Um, and a lot of that is just didn't let school be the big bad that stressed me out. Like my, my wife was joking the other day. I had an interview with one of the psychology students here at McNeese, and they were asking me what's my main stressors in my life, and we couldn't think of any because I, I don't really get stressed out about a whole lot. Like I have things that happen, but I don't feel a lot of stress. I just don't let it affect me too much, and I don't think it's my personality really to do that. I think that's been through adjustment, and I think a lot of that is I just – I just can see the big picture a little bit better. So even though I'm not focusing on the big picture and letting the future stress me out, I'm also realizing that these little things that aren't going to matter a whole lot down the road, I shouldn't be putting way too much thought and way too much of my heart into it. Um, that time in Montana, three years. So that was an incredibly stressful time for me as a 14-year-old all the way till 17, 18 years old. And I was stressed out of my mind during that time trying to figure out what I was going to do, where I was going to be, uh, what I was going to be when I grew up, all these things. And three years is nothing now. Like, let's see, I moved back from Ruston to Lake Charles in 2014. So it's been four years I've been back from Lake Charles. And it feels like I moved back yesterday. But that's been longer than the entire time I spent in Montana. My time in Ruston was longer than the time I spent in Montana. I'm still known as the guy from Montana, but... I was only there three years, and it doesn't feel like that big of a deal anymore. But at the time, it felt like the whole world was ending. And I think that's what it feels like for um, – I think it's proportional to your age. So those years when you've only had so many in your life, you're like moving away from home, and I've never been away, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to have my family nearby. Uh, my family is incredibly cl- incredibly close, and we live – my mom and dad still live in Montana, and I see them about twice a year. But we've learned to make the most of that time. So they were here this past week, and I was kind of out of pocket the entire time because I spent almost every waking moment with them. And I think that's what you have to do is you learn how to use your time a little bit better. And so I've, I've been able to do that with my family. Um, so my advice is, yes, one, take it one day at a time. Two, don't be so hard on yourself when things don't go the way that you had them planned. So, um, I feel like that was directed at me. No, I mean, this is advice for you, too, because we've had some of these conversations when it takes us four hours to get back from Houston. But you can't let... It's still your fault, by the way. Yeah, it is still my fault. Um, it, you can't let things that happen to you that you can't control, or maybe that you can. You really just can't let things that happen to you 
derail you completely. Can't let it affect things in a negative way. If anything, it should inspire you to get back up and only focus on the things you can change. Uh, I was in the, the business industry for a little while selling insurance, and that was one thing they pushed is that you can't worry about the things you can't control. You can only worry about the things you do. So you can control the fact that you pick up the phone and make calls, and that's what they pushed. Like law of large numbers, you call enough people, you'll get enough people to sit down. You can control the things that you can control, but the stuff of like other people's decisions and everything, like I remember being so stressed out about relationships and trying to win the heart of a young lady and like they're gonna like you or they're not like why <laughs> why stress out so much like they you should want them to be with you so why get so bent out of shape if it doesn't work out like you should be happy that you knew quickly rather than have to wait years down the road and find out oh this person doesn't really care about me or i'm unhappy but you've been with them so long that there's this momentum to keep going so i think you know uh so take it one day at a time don't take the losses too hard, and then don't take the wins too hard either. So don't let just the successes you have at one stage be enough and get content and get just satisfied with what you're doing, but always strive to be more. And that's huge, I think. I think that we've got a lot of poor winners and poor losers, that people are really good at doing well, and then they just depend on that forever, and then <laughs> they never do anything more, uh, or they have one loss that takes them down for the rest of their life. So that's probably my big advice. He is the smartest guy I know. <laughs> no, that's definitely not true. My wife is the smartest person I know. She's ridiculous. Nursing school, whew, whole other level. Yeah, you've been married for seven months, too. Seven months. Seven months. Seven months. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, I, I went four days from now. It'll be seven months, so we're almost there. Four days. Huge deal. Jordan, you're a college football fan. Yes, I am a college football fan. Hard transition. Hard uh, transition. <laughs> Huge Louisiana Tech fan. If anybody wants to hit me up, how about them dogs? That's my team. At J, J Sermon 15 At J Sermon 15 On yeah. Twitter. I, we have a game. We played this last year oh, uh, on the old show with McKenzie Third Kill. She did fairly well. And um, we have a guy who knows a bunch of random bowl games because uh, he's a Conference USA fan. Yeah. Minus Southern Miss. C-U-A-B. U-A-B. That's, I mean, C-U-A-B, that's our conference name because they apparently oh. are the top all the time. They have Stick, <laughs> a football team two years ago. Now they're winning conferences. Well, it was hilarious. They, they lost the last game of the season to Middle Tennessee. At, yeah. At Middle Tennessee. Or no, no, no. They, they lost at Birmingham. They lost at Birmingham, and they had to play the conference championship against Middle Tennessee the next week at Middle Tennessee and ended up winning. But they lost by, like, 28 points it's, at home. It's hard to beat a team. It's hard to play a team twice. But they lost two weeks by in a row. 20, 28 points <laughs> it's at home. It's hard to home. play two weeks in a row. I couldn't believe they won that second one. I'm still mad. Still upset. I've, and Louisiana Tech is easily the most hated of Conference USA, so I get why I also don't like them, but a lot of them don't like us. So, But the, the premise of the game is I have 25 bowls, and Jordan has to tell me whether they're fake or real. Okay. I you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. First one, the Cheez-It Bowl. Not real. The Cheez-It Bowl is on December 26th no. in Phoenix, Arizona. Cal versus TCU. What an awful name for a bowl. It is, it is a terrible bowl name, The yes. Cheez-It Bowl? The Cheez-It Bowl. It's not like the Cheez-It Cheese Bowl or something? No, like it's, it's the Cheez-It Bowl. It's sponsored by Cheez-It. It's sponsored by Cheez-It, and there's no, like, definite bowl name. It's just awful, the Cheez-It what Bowl. An awful, what, are they going to get Cheez-Its if they win? <laughs> have a bowl of Cheez-Its. What an awful bowl. I, I'm looking at you. And it's got tie-ins with the Big 12. And, man, whatever. In the, in the and the Pac-12. Pac-12. It's playing so 
in Phoenix, Arizona at uh, Chase Field where the Diamondbacks play. <laughs> so disappointed. The baseball stadium. So disappointed. Uh, okay. The Firestone Motor City Bowl. That is real. It's a fake bowl. Oh. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> I made it up. That would be played in Detroit if it was real bowl. Yeah, we should be. probably get on that. Man, I'm doing terrible. The Comcast Xfinity Bowl. That's real. No. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fake bowl game. <laughs> You're getting me, man. Okay. The Dollar General Bowl. That's real. Yes, it's between Buffalo and Troy on December 22nd, Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, I've, unfortunately, I've, I've been aware of that bowl because <laughs> they played on the same field that they do the Senior Bowl. And so, but it's got Troy and Buffalo. Is that the Buffalo versus Troy? Is that the MAC champion versus the Sun Belt champion? Probably so. Probably. MAC versus Fun Belt. Let's fun do belt. it. You Action, hate- Fun Belt. I do hate – I knew you were going to go there. I do hate the fun belt. I don't like them at all. That's a great bowl game, by the way. That's a, that's something you should watch. December 22nd in Mobile, Alabama, the Dallas You General think they'll bowl. have the little squeezy toys that you have to squeeze to get the cash <laughs> register? Like, I mean, the cashier to come to the cash register? I've always been it's fascinated by that. Is that – you think that's a Dollar General standard, like to have the little squeezy thing? I've been around this beautiful country, and I've seen it oh, the majority of the places. So bad. Dollar General Bowl. <laughs> Dollar Awful. General Bowl. <laughs> Why do they need to have a bowl? Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> the Charlie's Liberty Bell Bowl. Charlie's, like what? What is Charlie's? Like a, it's a Philly cheesesteak company. As a restaurant in like our food court here in the mall. That's real. Made it up. <laughs> the but it's the Liberty Bowl's a thing. You just change the spots. Liberty Bell. Bowl. Oh, I thought you were just talking about the Liberty. Liberty Bowl, Bell, like the Philadelphia Liberty Bowl. Darn. That's the AutoZone. I thought they just changed it. No, that's the AutoZone. Liberty Bowl. What an awful. Played in New York. Also. Played in New York. Liberty Bell is in Philly. The Liberty Bowl's in, in New York? Yeah. They used to be like in Statue Memphis. Statue of Liberty. Liberty yeah, Bowl. Yeah, but they used to have it like in Memphis. I, I don't thought. know. That's dumb. I don't know why I was in Memphis, but whatever. The Uber Bowl. Hmm. I'm going to go with yes. You go with yes? Yes. <laughs> why are you so bad at this game? I'm just bad at it. <laughs> I told you, I, I, by my honor code, I did not look at these at all. And I would not be surprised if these were real things. It's not a real bowl. It's not a real bowl. I think if this was a real bowl, you should give a, a year's worth of subscription to the MVP. To Uber? Yeah, like free Uber for a year. No. I think no. within a certain mile. I think you should hire them on the spot to be an Uber <laughs> driver and get them to make their own money. I think that's a better deal. Boom. <laughs> Trying to make these guys be business Future men. NFL player of the Uber Bowl, because this has to be a New Year's Six. <laughs> yeah, it has to be Uber, an Uber Bowl. Uh. All right. Um, next one. The Jared Bur- Birmingham Bowl. The Jared Birmingham Bowl. Not, not real. It's between Wake Forest no! and Memphis. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Wake, Wake Forest and Memphis play seem fake. on December 22nd in Birmingham, Alabama. I think the moral of this story is that bowls are weird. <laughs> bowls are stupid. Um, next one. This is <laughs> this one. the DraftKings Atlantic City Bowl. Real bowl. <laughs> Have I gotten any? I got gotten one. one. I got you, Dollar General Bowl. You got the Dollar General Bowl. Because, because. I had been fond of it in the past. 
It's, oh, man. Yeah, dra- I don't think, like, draft, like, gambling companies or beer companies can sponsor stuff. That would make sense. I'm not sure. All right. So I don't know the rule. Uh, the Bad Boys Mowers Gasparilla that Bowl. That is a real bowl. That is a real bowl. Yes. <laughs> Who is it between? South Florida and Marshall on December 20th in Tampa. What an awful game. <laughs> USF is going to wipe the floor with Marshall. I just, I really hate that USF and, like, teams like Hawaii and USF have to play in at the, place. at the, they don't get to go have a fun bowl trip with the team. Like, LSU played in the Citrus Bowl a few years ago, and they went to Disney World. Yeah, and they have the same kind of thing with, uh, like, the Armed Forces Bowl and stuff for Navy and Army. Like yeah, if they Army that, this year plays Houston. Yeah, and they're playing, like, I think Armed Forces in, like, Dallas, isn't it? I don't know where it is. Way to go, y'all. <laughs> you get to go to Dallas. Congratulations. But, like, Hawaii has to play the Hawaii Bowl every year. They're bowl eligible. <laughs> That's awful. That's all, it's but so it's bad. home field advantage. They probably enjoy it. Their bowl There's 700 nice. people in the I stadium. Mean, they're probably going to beat us, and it's gonna, they're going to have some review that takes 25 minutes, just like the last time we played. Which is for another podcast. <laughs> tell, you, tell you about that. Jordan yes. Sermon, dose. <sighs> Done. The Red Box Bowl. Not real. It is, uh, no! New, it's on New Year's Eve between Michigan State and Oregon. And Santa Clara. It's played in the NFL Stadium. Santa Clara, California. Michigan State and who? Oregon. Also an awful game. <laughs> no, I'm watching it. All right? I'm, I'm watching, watching that game. I'm watching I'm it. mad that I didn't get that one. The Red Box Bowl? The Red Box Bowl. Playing Santa Clara, California. Why do they need to – I feel like everybody knows about Red Box. Why are you sponsoring a bowl game? The Hyundai Sun Bowl. Yes. Yeah, it's a real bowl game. Who is Played it between? Stanford and Pitt. Also an awful bowl. El Paso, Texas. That doesn't – ooh, El Paso? On December 31st. Really? Yes. El they Paso. play every year. CBS always has the game. That's the one CBS bowl game that they have. Christian Awful. McCaffrey sat out it like two years ago. Awful. Awful game. Would you sit out a bowl game? No. If you're a college athlete? Uh, Going to the end of like Will Greer just sat out a bowl game. Hmm. I think it would depend on who the matchup was. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to sit out New Year's Six. No. Um... But, like, you would sit out, like... I feel like as a competitor, it'd be hard not to play. Like, that would be tough. To I, I mean, if you're at that stage that you're going to go to the NFL draft, I just feel like if you're a true competitor, especially if, like, you're a quarterback, you want to show that, like, you're still in it, even if you're not a good team. And I feel like that says more to NFL officials than anything. Like, that you're not a competitor, you don't want to play in your last game. I just I don't like that. I understand the injury issue thing, but, like... I don't know. I, I miss the days of, like, Roger Staubach getting drafted and not being able to play for, like, four years because he had to go serve in the military and teams still wanted him. Like, I like that era. I just don't get it now. He won the Heisman Trophy, so yeah, kind of like, won him. I know, but, like, they had to wait. They four drafted years. him, and they couldn't have him play for four years. Yeah. That's a whole different era of football. I love that. Navy guy, too. Navy guy. You're a big Navy guy. Go Navy. Didn't beat Army this year. Will next year. Go Navy, beat Army. Three straight years. I mean, Navy had 14. Yeah, we had plenty. Don't worry about it. We still lead the series. Also a Navy fan. Midshipman. Midshipman. The Pacific Union Windy City Bowl. Pacific Union. Windy City Bowl. Not real. Hey, hey, nice. I got one. <laughs> That's like the best one I now, came up with. If it was Pacific Life, I might have. I Pacific Union, Chicago is known for two things, being very windy and railroads. 
So my Still logical thing, the most recognized railroad company wow. in America, in the Windy City, played at Soldier Field. Whatever. I feel like Kansas City Southern's pretty famous as a railroad as well. Doesn't make any sense though. I'm just saying. Like, Kansas City. You stuff. said they were the most famous. I don't know that I believe that. Pacific Union. It's one of the first ones, all right? Yeah, I think so. Back in the day. That Still. And whatever the other one was. I mean, whatever. The Sun Made Raisins California Bowl. Real. Oh, <laughs> they jumped straight real. to it. How do you know? Real. I just feel like it is. It's not real. Ah. <laughs> it's not real at I all. I would not be surprised <laughs> if it was. Oh, man. You were so excited. I was. You, were, I, you I jumped thought, right on I it. I thought, surely, California <laughs> raisins. Oh, this is bad. The Dolphin County Hershey's Bowl. The Dolphin County Hershey's Bowl. Not real. <laughs> the way I came up with that one. It's a fake bowl. The way I came Good. up with that one. Hershey's, Pennsylvania. In Dolphin County, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but why would the county sponsor a bowl game? I mean, there's other counties. <laughs> I feel like I'm that meme of <laughs> the guy pointed his head. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I'm back in this. The Belk Bowl. That's real. And it has been for a while. South Carolina versus Virginia on December 29th in Charlotte, North Carolina. What a terrible... <laughs> um, Another thing, South Carolina only has to go to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, but that's... Virginia's going to tear them up, I think. Virginia's had a good year. The the Rocky Mountain Bowl presented by Blue Moon. No. The two best ones I came up with. No. You got. That's right. So what do you got? You sound fake. You got four right right now? I don't know how many. Not many. We'll go back and and tie them up at the end. Um, (laughs) Terrible. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. No. Nevada plays Arkansas State. Oh. December oh. 29th in Tucson, Arizona. That's why I don't know that one. That, it's a great sponsor. Like nope. a Mountain West. <laughs> Mountain West Fun Belt game? Yeah, Mountain why? West Fun Belt. Ugh. Terrible. <laughs> They're both like 8-4, and four, I think. Of course they are. Arkansas State had a good year. I'm sure they did. Arkansas State. The Heart of Texas Bowl presented by American Airlines. Yes. No. <laughs> it's not a real bowl game. Made it up. Heart of Dallas Bowl used to be a thing. Wordplay. Heart of Texas. I know. Heart of Texas Bowl Got presented me. by American Airlines. Got Could me. be a real bowl game. Could be. One Could day. be. One day. Maybe. One day. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Yes. It has been before. Northwestern versus Utah. On Boom. December 31st from San Diego, California. What a barn burner that's going to be. <laughs> Northwestern and Utah. <laughs> Why isn't that New Year's Six? <laughs> no, I mean, those teams, it's going to be a barn burner. I feel like I've watched Northwestern out of times I've wanted them to pull off upsets, and they did, and they didn't. So It's like they're 8-4. and four. Yes. I think they're 8-5 and five with the I Big I really Ten needed Hulls. them to beat Notre Dame, and they did not. So, whatever. <laughs> Don't like you very much, Northwestern. The Target Twin City Bowl. Real. <laughs> No? No. The <laughs> ah. logic behind that, Target is based in Minneapolis, and Target sponsors Minnesota United, as well as Target Field, yeah. which the Minnesota Twins play in. So I figured. Logic. I'm now pointing to my forehead like the yeah. guy in the meme. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Jordan. 
Whatever. I think I'm going to win this. You probably have already. <laughs> I think I'm mathematically eliminated at this point. The Camping World Bowl. Like the city was. <sighs> Wait, what? Camping World? Yes, real Camping real bowl. World Bowl. Real Bowl. But you, actually, it's funny you say that. They, Orlando City used to play in that very same stadium. So Camping World, what, who's playing in that? Syracuse and West Virginia on December 28th well, in Orlando. Syracuse is going to win that one because Will Greer is not going to Will play. Greer going to the NFL. He's going to the Giants. The Quick Lane Bowl. Real. That is between Minnesota and Georgia Tech on December 26th in Mich- uh, Detroit, Michigan. Hmm. Okay. The Exxon Mobile Beach Bowl. Not real. <laughs> I got him. Oh, you got it. You got it. You got right. it. Okay. The Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Real. Auburn plays Purdue December 28th in Nashville. Man, <laughs> That's Auburn, how bad Auburn was this year. Auburn has looked bad this year. I'm not surprised. I think they're going to play in the Music City Bowl. Last but not least, the Bundle from Progressive Bowl. Not real. Okay. Yeah, that's probably my least the least convincing one. I, I would not be surprised if that became a bowl. <laughs> I mean, we do have a belt bowl, so anything can happen. Jordan, you want you want to tie this up real quick? All right, so let's see. Let's go down this list. All right, so you missed the Firestone Bowl, yep. the Firestone Music. Missed cheese it because you know you missed cheese it. You missed, missed Xfinity. Xfinity. So you got Dollar Jones. You have one. Okay. You missed Charlie's. Nope. You missed Jared. Yep, I missed that one. Missed Uber. You missed Uber. Got Gasparilla. Gasparilla. Didn't get the next two. Not DraftKings, not Redbox. I got number 11. You got Pacific Union. I got Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl. You missed California Raisins. Belk Bowl. Got that one. Rocky I, Mountain. I got the Hershey's Bowl, too. I said that one. Oh, yeah. So you're at 12. You got the San Diego Credit Union. Yep. So you're I got at Camping eight. World Bowl. You got Camping World. You got the Quick Lane Bowl. Yep. And then you got the last three. I got the last three? Yeah, Franklin American Mortgage. So I got 13 out of 25? You got 13 out of 25. What? I did above 50%. That's awesome. So you ended up winning in the end anyways. I did. I got more than you got me stumped on. Boom. I did win. So you, the Look last, at that comeback. The last three <laughs> the won The last three, me. you got them in a row. Boom. That's what we do. All we do is win at Louisiana Tech okay. and McNeese. Except for, <laughs> except for championships. Except for football. Yeah, except except for, football. for anything meaningful. Hey, hey. We win at meaningful things. <laughs> Not academics. They got me to go there. Uh, ah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, smartest guy I know went to Louisiana <laughs> Tech and McNeese. So I might need better friends. All right. <laughs> we end every show like this. Five to seven random questions. The lightning round. All right. Are you ready? If you could have a dinner party with three famous people, living or dead, who would they be? Three famous people. Living or dead. Um, living or dead. I think it'd be a fun dinner party if it was James Franco, <laughs> Adam West, and Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin? So two dead guys and me and James Franco. <laughs> I know you have, like, nieces and stuff. Okay. What's your favorite Disney movie? Favorite Disney movie? Oh, man, that is a tough one. Probably the original Goofy movie. The Goofy movie? Yeah. That's a classic. If they made a movie about big transitions in life, centered around the life of Jordan Sermon, who would play Jordan Sermon? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. (laughs) 
Miles Teller or, again, bringing him back, James Franco. Miles Teller is the best one I've ever heard. Miles Teller, only the, because... The self-awareness level from you is amazing. Miles Teller, I feel, plays a very awkward person a lot of times, and that is me. So, um, also, we look somewhat alike. The, the self-awareness level is amazing. Yep. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> it could be me, too. I could play myself. Boom. You can act? I probably can. I don't know. I've never done it. I think I can act. I could be in a movie. Probably, Riley. Probably. Probably. I'll Probably. get that out. They call me Hollywood. They do. They do. That's, they do. That's, that's, that's you. Foxtrot. Dynamic Foxtrot on Twitter. Yep. At Dynamic Foxtrot. If you can live in any, any television home, which would you live in? Any television home. Yes. So, like, with the family. With the family. With the family. Oh, man. Any television home. Man, there's a lot of terrible families on TV. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I could bear. <laughs> That's rough. Um, I, I, would, I recommend not the Cosby Show. I would live with Troy and Abed in Community in season four. I think is when they live together. Troy and Abed's new apartment, probably my favorite arc that they did. I'd live with Troy and Abed. Okay. You know who played Troy? No, I didn't. Travis no. Gambino was Troy. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Awesome. So that's who I'd live with is those two guys. Those two guys? Yep. Great show. What fictional character would you like to hang out with the most? Fictional character? Like cartoon? Like any made-up character any in the history? Any made-up character like in the history? Fiction, of- like not real. Like someone that doesn't exist. Oh, fictional character. Only on your television and movie screens. Or in a book. I'm trying not to go back the community route because <laughs> I do love community. I would like to hang out. I think it's Dewey Finn from School of Rock, played by Jack Black. I, I want to hang, hang out with that guy, too. That guy would be awesome. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I know, very obscure reference, but I'm going to go there. Um, or if it was a cartoon character, probably Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. Because <laughs> that dude wants to be the very best, like no one ever was. Favorite kind of sandwich? Favorite sandwich? Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly? Grape jelly. Strawberry. Nope. You're wrong. And you have the right to be. <laughs> not wrong. You're, you have My right opinion's not wrong. wrong. That's not how opinions work. You have the right to be wrong, Riley. All right. Two more. All right, two more. If you could change your name to anything other than Jer- Jordan, what would it be? If I could change my name to anything other than Jordan, probably be Joseph. Joseph? Not too far away. Nope. My mom calls me Joe already. <laughs> My dad's middle name is Joseph. I think that would have been a cool name. They wanted to name me Grayson. Glad they didn't. Grayson Allen. Yep. My initials would have been Gas. That would have been awful. <laughs> I would have been relentlessly bullied over that I mean, name. Right now it's Jazz. Yeah, but Gas is much worse. <laughs> gas is much worse. I mean, I can think of one more that's worse. Yeah, oh, I can too. <laughs> Finally, I end this with every single interview I ever do. If you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete in? In what sport would I compete in? Summer or winter, by the way. Steve. Summer or winter. Um, would I be skilled in this area or would I have to train for it? I would probably do... You're uh, in the Olympics. I'd probably do slalom with skiing. <laughs> I love skiing, and I would love to be able to live somewhere I could devote more time to it, so I imagine I would have to if I was an Olympic athlete that was skiing. So, um, you, so you're moving to Colorado. 
or Montana? I don't like Colorado skiing. Are you, are you moving back to Montana for this? I would have to probably. Or I'd move to Whistler in British Columbia, Canada, which is like bucket list place I want to go. Because it's a glacier and it's got six peaks and it's the biggest skiing area in North America. So How far is that from Vancouver? Not far, like I think two, three hours. One day. Okay. Because I'm going, I'm going to Vancouver, and I want to, I want to go check this out. I'll hate you forever if you go there. Where I do. I'll send you pictures. Oh, that's worse. That's the worst. I don't know if I can send international text messages. So. I mean, Canada and U.S. same thing. So a little brother. Well, Wi-Fi. You love Wi-Fi. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Uh, do they have that in Canada? Yes. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Canada's a pretty cool place. I like it. You ever been? Mm-hmm. A few times. For another time, we'll discuss that. Jordan, you want to come back on yeah, eventually? Sure. Anytime. I want, I want stories. I'll give you more. I, want, yeah, I have plenty. Right now, we just talked about, like, your life. I want to talk, I want to talk about, like, your your stories and the experiences. Okay. Because we just, like, went over your timeline yeah. pretty much. We well, talked about we can, We'll do it again. We can do uh, some more of my stories. I've got interesting ones. Yeah. I've had an interesting life <laughs> in my 26 years on this earth. You still got a lot more to go, hopefully. 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 See, when I get to around your age, I figured I might be winding down. I'm not hopefully sure. Hopefully not. <laughs> Remember that taking wins too hard, Riley? Let's not do that. I always like thought I would not make it past like thirties. Like, okay, we're here. We're here. Let's start winding now a little bit. That in, in my mind. But then again, I was like fifteen. I'm like, all right, I've lived half my life. I, I feel winding down when it comes to my physical fitness on a regular basis. So maybe so. I think it's just because you're married now. No, I think it's because I'm getting old. I ache in places I didn't know I could ache. I have bones that ache. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah, that's a thing. I learned that at twenty six. Yeah, it's a thing. When you when you have as many injuries as I have, you learn that things ache a lot. A lot. But I don't know what I did to make them ache. They just ache. Oh, I did. I broke my heel. So, yeah, that just, hurts everything. I'll just wake day. up one morning and be like, why does my rib hurt? Don't know. Didn't know I did anything to my rib yesterday, but apparently I walked into something. I don't know. We'll see. Like like the little corners right there, you like walk into it by accident. I don't remember. And it just hurts. I just hurt the next day. I don't even hurt in the moment. I hurt the next day. Jordan. What's the ideal age you want to get to? Uh, I want to – I don't care when I go. I just want to go roughly around the same time as my wife because I don't want her oh, to be without me. Oh, that's such a sweet and cop-out no, answer. I mean, honestly, she is, she is the best, and I don't want her to have to live without me because that would be awful. But I also don't want to have to live without her. So. Ah, Okay. Sorry, I had to go this we, 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 we ended on the cop-out answer. No, it's not a cop-out. It's <laughs> it, true. It is the cop-out answer. Jordan, thank you. Yeah. You're the best. I, I enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the show. iTunes to Google Play as a phone goes off in this large building. Yes, go answer that. <laughs> yes, go answer that. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play. You can follow the show on Twitter at... If anyone cares, underscore, you can follow me at Rally James IAC. You can follow Jordan at JSerman15 on Twitter. We thank you so much for listening to the show. Please rate and review us. It really does help people find us. Without further ado, your favorite tagline in the history of podcasting. For Jordan Sermon, I'm Rally James. If anyone cares.